Good, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Great Commission Community Church. Um, he is risen. Um, so Easter Sunday was a month ago, um, but Easter season is still going on, and we are celebrating Christ's resurrection in the past, um, but we are also celebrating our resurrection in the future and God making all things new. Um, we do try to celebrate this every day of our lives and every Sunday that we get together, but during Easter season, we put extra focus on celebration and thankfulness, and we say and sing things like Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. May all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, Great is the Lord. This is Jesus' song of thanks, and it's ours too. Um, please come and rejoice with us and sing a new song with Jesus. Hallelujah. 
face, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, you're beautiful. I see your face, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, you're beautiful. I see your face, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, you're
we pray. Um, we are not sure of exactly what words to use or how to say um, exactly what we want to say. Um, we might know we want to praise God, um, but we're just not sure about the words. Um, and the Bible actually gives us words that we can use to praise God. Um, this is 1 Peter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. We'll use these words to help us pray. I am going to say words of thankfulness and joy, especially for the new life we have and the new life we will have when Jesus returns. So when I end a set of prayers with the words, and though we do not see you, we love you, please say, and we believe in you and rejoice with joy. And when we say this, can we say this joyfully? <laughs> um, maybe smiling. <laughs> so um, we can practice once um, just to start our prayer. Though we do not see you, we love you. Let's pray, church. God, we rejoice. We are joyful. When condemnation grips our hearts and Satan tempts us to despair, we stand on your promise that by Jesus' death and resurrection, we are forever yours, and we are forever one with you. We are alive to you. We are alive to live for you. Though we do not see you, we love you. Rejoice with joy. God, you are our creator, our heavenly father. You raised Jesus from the dead. You put a new song in his mouth, a song of praise. And now with him, we praise you. We praise you as people who are looking forward to being resurrected just like Jesus. We praise you because you are powerful and attentive and you do not leave us in defeat. We praise you because you redeem and rescue, even in the darkest times. Though we do not see you, we love you. We believe in you and rejoice with joy. God, we are different now in Christ. We have a new life, a new purpose, and a new identity. Our lives are not directionless. You lead us in a life with you forever. We are not unloved or unknown. You love us and know us and call us yours. We are not hopeless about the future with nothing to look forward to. Our hope is in your perfect love, your perfect healing, your perfect joy, and your perfect rescue of all things you made. We know we are not worthless because we know that you chose to die for us. And so though we do not see you, we love you. Rejoice with joy. You are our rescuer, 
our redeemer, and not just ours. You are the rescuer of the whole world and everything in it. Everything is your creation. Trees and oceans and air, peoples and tribes and countries, industries and governments, cities and neighborhoods and lands. We wait for you to do all this so completely for everything you created, a new heaven and earth. Though we do not see you, we love you. Um, church, at this time, if you can think of any um, needs or things that you might be thankful for um, just in the lives of our people and cities and countries, um, including people who don't pray to God or know Jesus, um, you know, let's take this time to pray and praise God for them. Um, and then also, if there are needs or things that you are also thankful for just in the larger world, um, please take time to pray and praise God for those as well. He hears us. Like Psalm 40 says, many will see and fear and trust in the Lord. abundantly loving, consistently merciful God you are. Let everyone who seeks you rejoice. Though we do not see you, we love you. And we believe in you and rejoice with joy. Um, amen. He is risen. Please, at this time, tell that to someone near you, um, and then you can also say it back to that person as well. Um, okay, well, one more time, welcome everyone to GCCC's Sunday service. Um, please do take time after service to continue catching up with one another. Um, so every Sunday we do this segment that we call community sharing, um, and we are going to start that today with a video message from our church's lead pastor, Pastor Steve. Hey church, uh, here are two important announcements about staff additions this summer. 
And one, we are in the process of interviewing Chris Chen. We've been looking to add to our team since uh, Tracy comments left about two years ago. Uh, after a round of online interviews, we're, uh, we're, we'll be hosting Chris and Christine, uh, his wife, on May 20th and 21st for Canada Weekend. Some of you will remember Chris's wife, Christine. Uh, she used to attend GCCC a few years ago before moving out to Philadelphia. On May 21st, they will attend both services and you will get to meet them. Uh, we've also organized a few smaller gatherings so that they can interact with our church leaders. Then on June 11th, at our members meeting, our members will have the opportunity to vote to have Chris come and join us. Now, if everything works out, uh, we hope to have Chris come and serve at our Arlington site starting in September. Secondly, the Governance Board has decided to offer a ministry residency to Daniel and Grace Diaz. They are young missionary candidates who are looking to gain ministry experience before going overseas. Uh, this process is called ALME in our denomination. It stands for Alliance Licensed Ministry Experience. It's a process that's set up to help missionary candidates to gain quality experience and find a church community before being sent out. So our church leadership and pastors will provide mentorship for them and will also create opportunities for Daniel and Grace to start engaging uh, in the Bailey's Crossroad area as well as to get involved in, in several other ministries at our church. We hope to have Daniel and Grace uh, with us starting in July. As some of you know, Bailey's Crossroad has been on our, on our radar for several years. It's an, it's an area that's uh, predominantly made up of recent immigrants and refugees who are from, from Central Asia and Southwest Asia and, and the Middle East. You know, we see great opportunities for gospel impact there. Lastly, let me just say we're, we're so thankful, we're thankful uh, that we have the resources to bring on more workers and strengthen our ministries and, and, and to expand gospel impact both here and overseas. So thank you so much for your generosity. A church. Uh... Um, yeah, so on May 21st, um, Chris Chen, whom Pastor Steve mentioned as someone who may be joining our staff um, as a pastor um, and would be focused here in Arlington, um, he and his wife Christine will be here, and after service, um, we will have a chance to do sort of a meet and greet and ask any questions that we might have. Um, so just please make a note of that. Um, and then also, for one more week, we are raising funds for our missions partners in Cambodia. Um, and the team leader there, David Manfred, sent us a video message that we saw a few weeks ago. Um, and we're going to actually watch that video again today, um, partly just if, in case anyone um, wasn't there to see it the first time we showed it, um, but also partly just to remind all of us about um, the work that we are partnering with them on. Greetings, brothers and sisters from Great Christian Community Church. I'm standing here in front of a memorial to the first two Protestant missionaries named the Hammonds and Ellisons who came to Cambodia in 1923, 100 years ago. We had large celebrations in Cambodia to celebrate that event of what God has, been, has done to be faithful to build his church in Cambodia. And he's still building his church in Cambodia and you folks are a part of that. I also want to thank Great Commission Community Church for your partnership with our work in Stung Treng province. 
There's some really cool things that are happening up there. There's a, mainly there's this construction of this new health center. Here you can see some of what is going on there. They've just started finishing up on the roof and they're working on the interior, tiling and a lot of other things. In terms of prayer requests, I think one of the main things would be for uh, Dr. Aaron Branch and his family are gonna be moving up to Stung to work with the provincial hospital. That's happening uh, at the end of August. So they have a lot of transitions. Uh, Dr. Branch has been in Cambodia serving as a physician for more than seven years. His wife is actually Cambodian and they'll be an important resource as we begin partnering with the provincial hospital. In Siembo commune, in this area where this new clinic is being built, there was only one known Christian in that area. And so just pray that as the medical care begins to flow into that area through this new clinic, that there would be ongoing opportunities. There's already been a very positive witness through the construction of this clinic in this very spiritually needy place as well. Finally, pray for Joyce Johns, who is kind of our team leader there as she is working in the nursing school and uh, looking at the possibilities of developing a new lab program with that nursing school. So uh, Joyce is a very busy person. I, I know prayers for her ongoing ministry and effectiveness as she teaches at the nursing school and is helping to try and get this lab program going would be much appreciated as well. Most of all, we just wanna thank you for partnering so closely with us in this hugely significant project. We just received recently our official agreement from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs to continue as an NGO. And a big part of that is really based on this medical work that's happening that's actually opening doors throughout all of Cambodia uh, for the work. So you truly are our key partners in Cambodia and seeing not only medical care being strengthened, but helping us in sharing the gospel throughout this land. Thank you again. May the Lord bless you. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Carl. Anyway, um, um, Today is actually kind of a pre-baptism service. Um, as I'm thinking of it, and uh, as we prepare our service today, we are thinking of it as sort of part one of a two-week baptism service. So we're doing part two, including the actual baptisms next week, May 14th, and we're doing that all together with our with the rest of GCC at our Tyson's location. So let's all be there. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and also more than half the people getting baptized there are coming from our location here. But even if you don't know them personally, it's a way to celebrate with people um, we worship with. And as you know, well as with the whole church as a whole. And so please, please, please plan on going out there for service and the lunch that the church is providing afterwards over there at the cafeteria of that high school. If you don't have a car, all right, so we're out in Tyson's. You're like, oh, I need a car. I don't have a car. I guess I could Uber. We have something better than Uber. It's like GCC Sea Rides, okay? Um, that's, if, if we had the resource to, to create an app, we would. Um, like GCC Sea Rides. Um, and we have nine rides right now, and we could get more if we need to. Nine rides available to go to the baptism service in Tyson. So they're going to come through D.C. They'll come to Arlington, Pentagon City, wherever you guys need a ride, um, Boston, wherever. And we'll pick you guys up and drop you guys up off there after service as well. All right? So it'll be, like, fun. So don't just think of it as, like, oh, I have, like, a mode of transportation. Think of it as, like, I have a fun ride. All right? 
Um, it's going to be fun. So it's like party from the time we get in the car to the time we get to the high school, through lunch, until we get out of that car on our way back, all right? Um, so thank you to the people who offered to pick people up, actually right here. These are people who offered to pick people up and drop them off after service. A couple of them are actually Tyson's people willing to come out and get people, which is so nice. But to drum up extra interest, I wanted you all to meet these drivers a little bit better and hopefully encourage you to sign up to get a ride from one of these great people. So here are our drivers. I asked them where they can pick people up and drop them off, but also what will be playing in your car as you drive. And also, whoa, whoa, hold up, hold up, hold up. Jump, we jumped the gun. Hold up, hold up. And number two, what is one interesting thing about your car? Okay, so let's meet them. All right, now we can roll that. All right, I'll start from the upper left and go clockwise. So first, upper left, we, had, we have an adventurous former DJ Aaron. He's coming to D.C. He says, we'll listen to trance, deep house, drum and bass, lo-fi, maybe ambient. If you want to know what a former DJ's playlist sounds like, come to my car. He also says, this car is less than a year old. Some people say that they can still smell the new car smell. All right, now we have a second errand, but a very different vibe. Also coming to DC, he says, you'll listen probably to classical music. And he said about his car, after I bought it, one friend said it looked sporty. Okay, so that's what we're going with here. Um, next, we got Tony. Tony coming to Arlington. Says probably some laid back R&B and chill music or K-pop if that's the vibe. He says about his car, it is exceptionally reliable like the Tim Duncan of cars. So if you're an NBA fan into chill music, this is your car. Next, um, we have on the far right, Steve coming to Arlington, all points Arlington. He says, we'll listen to a mix CD of 90s hits. A CD, people, CD. Uh, he says about his car, it's reliable and kind of quiet. Smiley face emoji. All right. And then we wrap around, um, bottom right. That's my wife, Chris. Isn't she lovely? Um, she's coming to Arlington. Says you'll listen to Andrew Bird, Pandemic Taylor Swift. Pet Shop Boys, Armchair Expert Podcast. Um, it's a first of two minivans. And about her minivan, she says two words, swagger wagon, enough said. And then a second minivan is the Rose, Kyung and Jenny, Hannah and Sophia. They're coming anywhere. It's, they're hard to serve. And so it, they'll come to DC, Pentagon City, wherever. It says, well, they say, we'll listen to the NPR Sunday puzzle or the preview of GCC Sunday's worship set. Riding in the back of our van is like sitting in the emergency exit of an airplane. Extra leg room. Also, complimentary coffee and pastry service will be provided. Yow, wow. All right, then we have Melissa, who's a Tyson's person. Also just willing to serve, being hospitable. Long time GCCer, we love her. She says she'll come anywhere to Arlington. She says you'll listen to jazz. And also, she says if you like the new car smell. I am your car. All right. And then we have Julie, who's coming to either Arlington or Alexandria. Um, she says, maybe silence, weather and traffic on the eights. Uh, she says proudly about her car. It's a 2007 gray Toyota Corolla. We've all been there. It's like a favorite song. You might not think of it often, but when you hear it, you think, oh, I like this song. And she says, hashtag who needs hubcaps. And then finally, bottom left. Bottom far left, 
we have the Kims, Peter and Ariel and their kids also come from Tyson's. They'll pick up from East Falls Church in Boston. Say, we'll probably listen to children's worship or maybe classical. And then they say about their car, and it's kind of surprised because they have these small kids. They say, it's clean. So the, the car is clean. So these are our drivers. So if you want to ride, you can go to our website under community. So can we put up the screenshot of our website? If you want to ride, you can go to our website, go under community, go under events and announcements, and this page will pop up, the baptism service. And um, go to the baptism service page, and at the bottom, you'll see a button for rides. rides. Push that button, and you'll get a form that we'll use to arrange rides. All right? Yeah? Are we excited to get a ride from these people? Yeah, let's do it. Let's all go out there. Let's all go out there. All right. Um, yes. Let's have fun. It's going to be a good time. It's our best service. It's our best service. We just want everyone to be out there. Let's have a good time. Get a ride. Don't even Uber. Even if you, like, let's say someone gives you, like, a $1,000 Uber card, don't use it. Save it. Like, get a ride from one of these guys. Let's have a party together as a church as we celebrate baptism. Amen? All right, let's pray together, um, and then after we pray, um, we'll get into our sermon for today. Lord, we thank you as we uh, give our offering to you also at online, as we give uh, also to our partners in Cambodia. Lord, we give with a thankful heart, a heart that is humble to serve. Lord, a heart that wants to honor you and honor others um, with its wealth that is not really ours. Uh, we know it, it belongs to you, Lord. We pray for our partners in Cambodia that we just saw that video about. We pray for that health center that's being built. Pray for, a, for that to be built successfully and helpfully. Pray for that Dr. Branch who's going to be moving there. We pray for Joyce Johns as she works in the nursing school and gets that lab going. Lord, bless that they would be a blessing. God, during the season of Easter, when our focus is on joy and celebration, we also, at the same time, we don't deny that we live with hard and, and sometimes and too often very terrible realities. And so in the midst of our joy, we, we also look to you with many needs. We look to you with a deep sorrow, even. Lord, um, there was another shooting in this country yesterday. Lord, have mercy. Lord, do what you need to do. Displace, dismantle things you need to dismantle. Let things be new. Lord, have mercy. And Lord, as we turn again to the Bible, your word to us, your word given to us to encourage us, to teach us, to make us one with you, to amaze us, to humble us as we look into this word. Let us hear you again. We wait for your voice, and we love you. We love your Holy Spirit who gives us these words and who speaks to us even now. Lord, strengthen us together. We pray for the people right around us, not just ourselves, but the people right around us in, this, in our church as a whole. Lord, let us hear you. Fill us with yourself. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we're, we're taking a two-week break, like so today and next week, from our sermon series on um, being focused on blessing others instead of just on getting blessed. 
our service, uh, sorry, our series called Blessed to be a Blessing, so we're taking a break from that. Today's service is, like I said, a baptism service, part one, and next week is part two, so hopefully after we worship today, it will be this feeling of incompleteness um, without next week's baptism service. So this is, again, this is just part one, next week is part two, and sort of the climax of these two Sundays. So we'll see you out there. All right. Um, the passage that we're looking at today is Romans, and it's, um, this is Paul's letter called Romans, and we're looking at chapter 6 where he talks about the meaning of baptism. Um, but before we start meditating on that chapter together, um, let's sort of set up Romans 6 by doing a quick summary of what Paul has been saying in this letter already up to uh, chapter 6 where we'll start reading. So Paul has been talking about how um, all people need God's forgiveness. All right, all people need God's forgiveness. Jewish people, whose men have been circumcised according to their covenant with God, non-Jewish people, whose men haven't, no matter what age, no matter what religion, no matter what ethnicity, or how nice or not nice of a person you are, all of us fall short of God's standard. All of us fall short of God's glory. All of us. This is what he's been saying. And God, he says, accepts all of us and calls us righteous purely by the grace that he gives to us in Christ Jesus, who came to be one with us, who died for us, and who rose from the dead. Again, not because of our moral achievement, not because of how religious we are, but purely because we believe God that we are forgiven through Jesus. God accepts us, and he calls us righteous purely because of his grace. And at just the right time, Paul says, this is chapter 5, at just the right time, Christ died for us. God demonstrates his love for us in this, that when we were sinners, at just the right time, not when we were at our best, but in the midst of our sin, when we were at our worst, Christ died for us. That's how God shows us his love and his grace. And at the end of chapter 5, Paul says, where sin increased, grace of, the grace of God, grace increased all the more. It's beautiful. Then the question that Paul seems to think, and maybe he knows people are asking, after hearing him say that God accepts us by grace, not by our morality or not by our religious doings, just by grace, by gift, the question Paul anticipates being asked is, well, if God accepts us only because of grace, just purely on the base of grace, and if when sin increases, God's grace also increases, then should we just keep living like we don't know God? Should we disobey him? Should we be selfish? Should we be totally self-driven, self-centered, and just do what we want to do? Does it matter how we live? Does it matter what we do? If it's just grace, it doesn't matter what we do, then I'll just do what I want to do. I'll just sin as much as possible, especially if that means grace is increasing all the more. And so this is a setup to chapter 6. We'll read from verse 1, chapter 6. What shall we say then? And he's voicing this question. Are we to continue in sin? Are we to stay in sin? Are we to keep going? Are we to remain and continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. No. How can we who died to sin still live in it. 
Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism unto death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Verse 8, now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion or kingship or kingdom or authority over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. And we'll stop there. If you're taking notes, the title of the sermon is Dead to Sin, Alive to God. And this is through baptism. Again, the question that Paul is anticipating from people after he says that God accepts and makes us righteous, um, makes us righteous simply by grace, on the basis of grace, by our faith in Christ who died for us, is this. If God accepts us just on that basis, should we, can we just disobey God and ignore God and continue in sin, as he says in verse 1? Like, should we not change? And I think this question is actually a common one for moralistic people and religious people. Maybe that's all of us to some degree, at least. You know, like something I've seen not infrequently is when people, especially if they were raised very religious, and they have sort of like a legalistic way of life, when people like that are presented with the gospel of Jesus that Paul is talking about, acceptance purely by God's grace, purely through Christ's death and resurrection, not by our work or our ability or our religiosity, um, people, when they hear this gospel, they think, oh, then I can do whatever I want because it's all grace. You know, I don't have to obey God. I don't have to be selfless. I don't have to foster a life with God. I don't have to submit myself to God. I don't have to seek God. I don't have to have a bad conscience about anything. It's all grace. You know, like a concrete example of that is like um, people, again, who grew up like pretty religious, maybe legalistic, and they grew up like having to go to church every Sunday. And then at some point, they realized through this gospel of Jesus, they realized that going to church doesn't make God accept you. Jesus' death and resurrection for us makes God accept us. But then instead of continuing to go to church, not out of legalism, but out of just experiencing God's grace, not out of trying to earn God's love, but just so captivated and humbled by God's freely given love. Instead of going to church with love and passion like that, they think, I don't need to go to church, so I won't. I don't need to. I don't have to, so why would I go? I'll just go sometimes maybe and get like sort of a spiritual fix in here and there. But is that a right response to God's love? Is that a coherent response to the grace that we have freely received? And in verse 2, Paul answers that. He says, no. He says, by no means. No way. That's the that's English Standard Version, the ESV translation. By no means. Sounds sort of formal. I guess if we are making a more contemporary translation in our language, we'd say, no way. Or something, I don't know. No. That's the whole point. No. No. That's wrong. Of course not. And then, as he explains this, he explains why it's no, no way, of course not, he points to a common experience. This is how he reasons. 
think about the experience that we have, all of us together, this common experience that we have. It's baptism. He points to baptism as the answer to this question. Should we just live however we want because God accepts us by grace only and not by what we do? Paul says, no, because baptism. Why not just live how I want to live if God accepts me unconditionally? No, because baptism. Why be different? Why be transformed? Why be dynamically changed by God's love? Because baptism. Baptism. That's what he's pointing to. And then Paul explains baptism in these verses. And we can organize Paul's explanation of baptism here a bunch of different ways, but one way to break it down is into three key meanings of baptism. So number one, number one about baptism, we have a new identity through baptism. We have a new identity through baptism. We have a new identity through baptism. I'm just going to read verse 2 to 4 one more time. By no means, how can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried. We were buried with him. We were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. See, this is the imagery of baptism. We at uh, our church, GCCC, we do what's called immersion baptisms, though some churches just like sprinkle water on the head, like understanding that the head symbolizes the whole body. Um, it's, it's a lot less messy. We could do it in a hotel, but anyway. We do what's called immersion baptism, and there your whole body is in the water. And what's nice about that is it gives us a really good image of baptism as Paul describes it here. See, when we go into the water, it's not like going into a bath. It's not like about being super clean, like we're getting washed really thoroughly, not just my head, but my whole body's getting super washed. No, going into the water is a symbol of dying. That's what Romans 6 explains here. Baptism is dying. The water is not a place of cleansing. The water is a grave. The water is a grave. When we get baptized, we die. We go into the grave. But this dying is dying with Christ. Like Paul says here, we are buried with Christ in baptism. Just like Christ was buried, we are buried with him. That is what is pictured when we get baptized. Going into the water is us saying, we have died with Christ. We're going into the grave. But then baptisms don't end with us just staying in the water. Like that would be just drowning, right? <laughs> Baptism is us being in the water like a grave, dead and buried with Christ for a moment. And when I do it, I don't want to make it too quick because like, I just want to make sure we know we're buried with Christ and sort of get our money's worth of getting into that water. Maybe like a three count like symbolically to match up with Christ dying and rising on the third day. But on count three, we bring them up out of the water. Maybe a quick three. If you know, like some of you guys getting baptized, it's a quick three, right? <laughs> like holding your breath. Anyway, on a, on a quick three, we bring them up out of that water, and they explode out of that water, all this water splashing everywhere, and the whole cheer, church cheers and claps and sings as they come up out of the water because that is a picture of us also rising with Christ. Baptism is a picture of us dying with Christ and rising with Christ. We died with him, we were buried with him, and we are also raised with him. Baptism is a picture, a physical picture of saying that an old self died 
and a new self now lives. Again, verse 3 and 4. I'm just going to read it one more time. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life, in newness of life. We have a new life, a new identity through baptism. Paul is saying, don't you guys remember our baptism? Don't you remember your baptisms? You're asking, if God accepts us simply by grace and not by how good we are, then why not just be bad and not seek God and not honor God? By no means, don't you remember our baptisms? Because when we got baptized, we were buried in that water with Christ. And then we came up out of that water and our old self died. And now a new self has come to life with Christ. Why would we be like our old selves? We are a new self. We have a new identity. It doesn't make sense to go back to that old life. We're new. Don't you remember baptism? You died, and now there's a new you. You know, this is like a popular idea in, like, fiction. There are characters that we've read or seen who didn't just, like, it's not just about evolving or changing. Like, they took on completely new identities, they left their old selves and old names behind somewhere. There are characters like, like Don Draper in that TV show Mad Men or um, Jean Valjean in Les Miserables or Les Mis, which, if you don't know it, was like the Hamilton of the 1980s and 90s. It was huge. It's a story of a man who like, went to prison, like early 1800s France, went to prison, and uh, like, he escaped. But then after he escaped, he took on a new identity and changed his life completely. So he was prisoner, 24601, and he was like a criminal. And now he's Jean Valjean, a mayor, like a respected business owner, a father. And there's a policeman trying to hunt him down, and he calls him 24601. I'm, I'm coming for you, 24601. But Jean Valjean is like, no, I'm Jean Valjean. He sings it. I won't do that. <laughs> he's like, I'm Jean Valjean. You know, he's a different person now. That old self, that 24601 is a long, long gone thing. And in the same way that Valjean was a different person and had a totally different identity, we who have been baptized now are different people with a totally new identity. I mean, I guess we might still have the same name, but we're different. Actually, there's a Christian tradition where when you get baptized, you do get a new name. Um, but we don't, I don't know, we don't really do that. Like, we should, that's cool. If any of you guys who are getting baptized, if you guys want to think of a new name, that would be cool. That would be pretty great, you know? You can think about what you choose as a post-baptism name. I guess all of us could wistfully think about that. I would be C-Love. That's like my baptism slash rapper name. Um, but I know people would just read Clove. So, uh, you know, yes, I've thought about this. Anyway, as different people now, the old self was buried with Christ through people. Uh, sorry, was buried with Christ through baptism. You know, like, with this being the case... Like, our old self was buried. That old self is gone. You know, because of that, it kind of doesn't matter what happens to Carl Park because Carl Park died a long time ago. Amen? He's gone. It's a different life now. We have a new identity. Now it's wrapped up with Christ. My life is a life now with Christ, and that's the meaning of baptism. You know, like when God called me to pastoral work. I was in college. Crazy, right? I was in college, 
anyway, my dad was part of that process where like, I was considering this calling, and he was actually very leery about it for multiple reasons. Um, but one reason was that he had known or kind of seen pastors who he didn't think genuinely followed Jesus, basically. It seemed to him like they were more interested in prestige and wealth and power and so on. And he said, Carl, if you're going to be a pastor, better do it for real. Like, know that you're saying goodbye to prestige, you're saying goodbye to wealth and power. Don't even think about them. That's what he told me. But I was like, but dad, like, I've been saying goodbye to those things for a while now. Like, whether or not I become a pastor, your son died, your son Carl, he died a long time ago. Now my life is in Christ. That's what, it's a new identity. It's not 24601 anymore. It's like Jean Valjean, we're new. You know, going back to that question Paul is answering, if knowing God and being accepted by God is about grace, why not just keep living the way we did, doing whatever we want and makes us happy, worried about blessing me only? Because baptism. That old self is gone now. It died, and now you're a new self. Amen? That's who we are. It's not just a small evolution. It's not just kind of change. It's not just being a little bit better of a person. It's not like a little program I went on. You know, I'm going to be a little bit in better shape. I'm going to have better sleep habits. I'm going to just eat a little better. I'm going to be able to, like, stretch a little bit more. I'm going to eat more ginger and turmeric. It's not like that. It's a whole new self. It's a whole new self. I died, and now there's a new me. It's no more Carl. Now it's just to see love. Anyway, all right, number two, number two, we have a new way of life through baptism. So number one, we have a new identity through baptism. Number two, we have a new way of life through baptism. Verse five to seven, for if we have been united with Christ in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. We have a new lifestyle to go along with our new identity. We don't do the same things. We don't think the same way. We don't love the same things. We don't hate the same things. We have a new vision of prosperity and fulfillment. We have a new vision, a new understanding of what that looks like and what that means. We've been set free from sin. The body, this is, this is verse 6, the body of sin has been brought to nothing. The body of sin. We'll talk about that a little bit more, but what is sin? What is sin? Just real quick. What is sin? It's, yeah, it's wrong things that we do against God and against other people, but in the Bible, it's more than that. It's not just things we do. It's not just sins. Sin is a power. Sin is a king with a kingdom. Sin rules this world like a tyrant. Sin oppresses and gaslights and tries to crush us. It makes things die. That's what sin is in the Bible. It corrupts the goodness that God made the world with. And Paul says, you know, we used to be that, that self that went into that water. That self used to be subjects of this tyrant sin. We used to be slaves, actually, to this tyrant sin. And an easy image from the history of, like, that's in the Bible that illustrates what Paul is talking about is how the Egyptian king, the pharaoh, 
treated the people of Israel for 400 years, or Pharaohs treated Israel for 400 years. He worked them tirelessly. He was cruel. He killed their children. He enslaved them. And in Romans, Paul says that's how all of us who are human, all of us who live in this world are treated by this tyrant sin. And in verse 6, Paul says that all of us have a body of sin. That is, it's a body that belongs to that tyrant, a body that belongs to sin, enslaved by sin, oppressed by sin. And Paul says when we died with Christ and were buried with Christ in baptism, like when we were baptized, that body of sin, that life that was totally ruled by this tyrant sin has ceased to exist. The ESV translates it brought to nothing. Other translations say, like, abolished or just done away with or nullified. Basically, it's gone. That's an old life that's been buried. It's been buried, symbolically buried through baptism. We don't even know that person anymore. We don't know that way of life anymore. It's an old way of life that's been buried. That's not our life anymore. And so through baptism, buried with Christ and raised with Christ, we have a new way of life. We have a new way of life. We are free. Like we were saying before, we are free. We are free from this tyrant sin. And we are free. We are free to serve God, our creator. We are free to bless other people wholeheartedly. This comedian I once saw, he talked about how people only use the phrase, it's a free country, when they're being jerks. And it's like totally true. Like, they, you know, people throw trash on the sidewalk and they're they like, it's a free country, you know. Um, I'm sure we could think of many more ways people excuse like being jerks or being selfish, being sinful by saying it's a free country and it's my right and all that, whatever. <sighs> anyway, the comedian was like, why don't people say that when they do nice things? Like, oh, you didn't have to hold the door for me. It's a free country, you know? But that's how the Bible talks about freedom. Not freedom to do whatever we want, to do whatever blesses me, or freedom to serve sin. But the Bible talks about freedom to serve a gracious and compassionate God full of love and faithfulness. It talks about freedom to bless other people, freedom to do what God loves and keep in step with his Holy Spirit. We are free to know a joy and a peace that are so real to us, even if it's beyond our comprehension, much less our ability to like articulate it. We do what we can with like songs and prayers and art and the ways that we celebrate and live, but it's beyond us. But we are free to experience those things. We are free to live that way. It's a new way of life. Remember your baptism. That old self that couldn't do those things, it died. And we have a new life now. It's a new way of life. I was reminded recently of this couple. I was talking to some people, and I was reminded recently of a couple at our church. And I won't say their names, but like more than five years ago, they started coming to our church after they had gotten engaged. Um, because uh, the guy realized that, you know, now that his life was getting, like, for real, like, I'm about to get married, um, like, maybe we're going to start a family. He wanted to, like, return to church. He had, had a church background. He wanted to return to church and have his family, like, live in Christ. Sort of like, I'm getting my stuff in order. And um, so he and his fiancée, who was willing to go along with this and was also, like, very sincere and, like, sincere about, like, taking on a new life, like, a new life in Christ, started coming to church. So they're together. And they were engaged, um, they were living together, they were sleeping together, you know, this is all as they started coming to our church. And um, there's a, shortly after that, they're, you know, as they're getting ready to get married, I joined them in sort of like preparing for marriage. 
like premarital kind of counseling. And in one of those sessions, we talked about how Christ gives us a new practice of sexuality, a new way of living out our sexuality. And we talked about the beauty and the power of sex. And um, we talked about the restraint that God, that God calls us to exercise outside of or before vows of faithful love that we make when we get married. And they were like, yes, yes. And actually, Carl, we, we already stopped sleeping together when we started following Christ. And that, you know, like, I just bring that up because I know that's not easy. Like, I, I was like, I don't want to say shocked, but I, I mean, I, like, maybe not even surprised, but I was just so encouraged because I, I know that's not easy to do. But they knew that life is different now with Christ, that there's a new way of life now with Christ. You know, and next Sunday, we're going to hear more stories about new life in Christ and a new way of life in Christ from the people getting baptized. You know, like, I know, like, actually, I didn't ask this before, but Claire Homera, you guys here? Yeah. Can you just raise your hand? I want to ask you to stand up. Raise your hand proudly, like higher than your shoulder. <laughs> so these guys are getting baptized next week. You can give them a hand. Yeah. Ow! We'll, we'll do more clapping and cheering for them next Sunday. We'll have a whole meal and stuff as well. But, um, you know, like, man, it's so great. And we're going to hear from that. Also, Gloria, who um, some of you know, like, she just moved, actually, but is coming back to D.C. for the weekend just to get baptized. These are all people who have experienced new life in Christ and a new way of life, a new identity in Christ over the past year or two. And they'll give brief stories. And I'm telling them, like, don't worry about, like, public speaking, it's just like toast to Jesus. Imagine, like, we're at a wedding, you're just giving toast to Jesus. Um, but you'll hear some of these next week, you know, and I've gotten some bits and, like, snippets of their stories through our baptism prep class. They're going to be so great. Again, come out to Tyson's next Sunday. <laughs> Everyone, get a ride from one of those people on the screen. Listen to their music. Come celebrate our new life in Christ through baptism. You know, if you've already been baptized, you need this. I'll say that. If you've already been baptized, you need this every so often to help you remember your baptism, to help you remember you're a new person with a new identity, with a new way of life. You need this to remember why we do what we do and live the way we do and sacrifice the way we do. You know, like I said, I think it's our best service of the year. Lastly, so number one, we have a new identity in Christ through baptism. Number two, we have a new way of life through baptism. Number three, we have just begun through baptism. I'm going to read the rest of this little passage, verse 8 to 11. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. But the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Consider yourselves dead to sin, alive to God in Christ Jesus. I just say that there's a lot of tensions that we live with as humans. And as Christians, too, we live with a lot of tensions. Like, like how we love people so tightly, but we know we often have to let them go. Like how we can go from joy to lament or lament to joy in the space of an hour, and it's like totally appropriate to feel both. But maybe the biggest tension, like the biggest tension, the, like the framework kind of tension that Christians live with is a tension that theologians call the already not yet. 
It's how we've genuinely experienced Christ's healing, his love, his transformation, his new life. But at the same time, there's so much healing that we still need. So much of our life, like individually and communally, that is not transformed. So many areas of our life together and in this world that haven't been transformed yet by Christ's love and power. So it's this already not yet that we're living in. It's already and it's not yet. So it's the already not yet. And Paul, at the end of this passage, tells us to consider ourselves. Count yourselves. Consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ. And that baptism is real. And the new identity and the new way of life are real. And they are already. But we still sin. We still feel the dominion of sin. We're still incapable of not sinning. We still live under this tyrant sin. So being fully and utterly dead to sin and alive to God is also a not yet thing. It's an already thing, but it's a not yet thing. But so that we don't get discouraged by the not yetness of our life until Jesus returns, we remember that baptism is just the beginning. It's not the end. It's the beginning. And it's a super real beginning. It's matriculation, not graduation. You know, or if you call it commencement, then, yeah, it's like that. It's the beginning. By the way, for our college students who are, like, in the middle finals, God bless you and encourage you. Bless you. Be a blessing as you close out this year, and maybe for some, close out your college years. Baptism is just the beginning. We have just begun through baptism. And it's true for the people getting baptized next week, but it's also true for all of us. You know, even if you were baptized 50 years ago, you know, actually, please turn with me a couple chapters ahead, Romans chapter 8, and we're going to just read um, a handful of verses in the middle of it, verse 18 to 25. Paul says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us or to us. For the creation waits, the creation, everything, the whole world waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God, that is, for us to be fully who we were called to be. Verse 20, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption under this tyrant's sin, its bondage to corruption, and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. That freedom that we talked about, that freedom to experience joy and peace and love that is beyond, that freedom to bless other people, that freedom to love and serve God. We're hoping that all creation will be enjoying that freedom. Verse 22, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Like what creation does is it groans. Like you may not be able to hear it, but it's groaning. God hears it. It's groaning like it's in labor, waiting for this baby to come out. Verse 23, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, not just all of creation, but we too, we who follow Christ, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoptions as sons, the redemption of our bodies. We wait for the already, not yet to just be already. And we groan just like creation groans. We groan waiting like to give birth to this. Verse 24, for in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. Like, who hopes for what he sees, like already has? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. That's what Paul says. We have just begun 
through baptism with Christ. And until Christ returns, we're waiting. We're waiting patiently. We're groaning like we're waiting to give birth alongside the Holy Spirit and alongside all of creation for the not yet part of things to be over. Like when we don't just consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God, but we will be fully and utterly free from sin. Utterly and fully free from its cruelty and its ugliness. So till then, let's consider ourselves. This is what Paul says in chapter 6. Till then, let's consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God through baptism. This already, not yet. Let's remember our baptisms. Let's get baptized. Let's see each other get baptized. And let's live knowing that through baptisms, baptisms, we are new people with new identities, with a new way of life. Let's tell God that right now. I just, as we close here, let's just tell that to God. Say something like, you know, I remember that I'm new to you. My old life is gone, and my new life now is with you, Lord. My old life is gone, and my new life is now with you. Can we just take a moment and just all say that in our own ways to God with many voices, but just with one heart? Say something like, I'm new to you. My old life is gone, and my new life now is with you, Lord. I remember baptism. Lord. We read Psalm 41 to 3 earlier. This is Jesus' song of praise to God, and it's ours too. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put me in that water and took me out in baptism. Verse 3, he put a new song in my mouth a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. We're going to say this acclamation, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again, and let's let this be our new song, a new song in our mouth. This is our story. The mystery of faith, the mystery of our faith is great. Let's do that one more time. That was too subtle. The mystery of our faith is great. Yeah, amen. Amen, yeah. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body broken for you. He took the cup and he said, this is a cup of my blood shed for you, the forgiveness of sins. He says, when you take this bread and when you take this cup, you proclaim my death until I come again. For those of us who follow Jesus, we invite you to come and take the elements up there and in the back. We invite you to come and take these elements as new people with Christ, like with new identities and a new way of life with Christ. Let's just say as we take this, like, I'm with you, Lord. I'm new like you. And, um, yeah, I invite you now up here. We'll sing a song or two to close. And, um, yeah, come on up.
For me. 
and celebrating together like this. Um, by the way, next week, I, don't, I think I didn't mention service, part two of our service today. Uh, next week at Tyson's, it starts at 10.30. It's 30 minutes, that's our normal time, so it starts at 10.30. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a shorter service. So if you're like late, like, you might miss a baptism. <laughs> so um, 10.30. Um, but as we go from here, let's be joyful in our new life in Christ new identities in Christ. It's awesome to live this life. Amen. So let's go in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, living and enjoying this new life and helping others do the same. Amen.
see you guys next week. Bye.